Hello, um, this is Mandy. First of all, I want to thank you for last week. Um, I got to ask you a question about um, anarchy and all that, and it really helped me. I had to write an essay about it. But this time, um, I want to speak about my grandfather's book to me, um, and he, we discussed the proofs that you have on YouTube. You have proofs of God, just, you know, proofs wrong, whatever it is. Um, and he said that it's kind of arrogant. It's like um, if you're trying to, if, if you're a deaf person and I'm trying to tell you that there's sound, um, and you say, well, my senses don't don't uh, see the don't hear the sound, so the sound doesn't exist. So he's saying we humans are limited, and our senses can't see everything. And even if we have tools like scientific tools and everything like that, we can't prove that we know everything or we can feel or sense everything. And that doesn't mean that everything around us doesn't exist. Just because we can't like kind of sense God or something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. Right. Well, yeah, he's wrong on just about every level, and it's too bad he didn't call it himself. But um, uh, of course we can communicate sound to a deaf person. Of course we can. I mean, <laughs> deaf people don't believe that there's no sound. Um, there's, there's two ways, of course, that you can communicate sound to a deaf person. I guess there's more than two, probably three that I can think of. The first is that sound has vibrations, so you can put their hand on a speaker playing... Um, I don't know, some sort of uh, Wu-Tang Clan bass beaty song, and they will feel the vibrations. The second thing is that you can look at an oscilloscope, which translates sound into uh, visual light waves. And the third thing I suppose you could do is you could uh, um, put uh, sound waves and have them make uh, uh, something very flimsy wave in the air. So, um, right. so, there's, so of course, it's not true that deaf people can't perceive sound they just can't perceive it using their ears but they can perceive it using their senses and using their sight mm -hmm. and uh, i i would consider it to be a pretty dishonorable mental trick to say to somebody something ex might exist but you don't have the senses to uh, to perceive it in any way shape or form because what what that means is that the person is making no philosophical distinction between existence and non-existence i mean there has to be a difference between existence and non-existence. Because if there was no difference between existence and non-existence, there'd be no such thing as doors because we'd just try and walk through walls and we wouldn't cut mm -hmm. any holes. There'd be no archways, there'd be no windows, there'd be no way to roll down a window in a car, there'd be no tunnels, there, there would be nothing that we would attempt to pass through. We know the difference between existence and non-existence. And um, uh, if we say that which is the opposite of existence might exist, that is just a logical contradiction that doesn't work. And I've had a number of emails come into my inbox this week. I suppose somebody posted that video somewhere on the web uh, talking about this. Um, it, is, it is a strange thing for me uh, to be accused of arrogance. I just, <laughs> first of all, it's not an argument. Let's say that I am arrogant. It's, it's not an argument, right? That's like saying uh, uh, I'm right because I'm bald. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with the content of my argument. So arrogance doesn't, doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. And what I would say back to your, to your uncle is to say, yeah, of course, we, we have no way of knowing everything that exists in the universe. There's no question that we have no way of knowing everything that exists on the universe. Like, for instance, and could I say that it is impossible for a fish with 10 gills on each side to, to live, right? Because I guess most fish have one gill and sharks have five. Right. I don't know if there is or isn't a fish with 10 gills. It would be crazy to say there's no way that a fish with 10 gills could exist. Of course not. I mean, there could be something somewhere deep down in the Mariana Trench. Uh, there could be a fish with 10 gills. But, right. but a fish with 10 gills exists 
it, it, none of it, none of its properties contradict existence or itself, right? So, right. but if I were to say that there is a fish that lives at the bottom of the ocean and in the middle of a volcano, so it lives in water and in the middle of a mountain, a tall mountain volcano at the same time, clearly that would mm. be impossible. Or if I were to say there's no such thing as a square circle, there's no such way that two plus two equals five can be a valid statement, um, we understand that those things uh, are invalid, right? Uh, and, really? and to say, well, maybe there's some alternate universe where two plus two equals five is a valid statement. It's like, well, <laughs> but then all he's saying is there's no such thing as the difference between existence and non-existence, between truth and falsehood, that everything that is true could be false and everything that is false could be true. But then he's making a truth statement, but he's already destroyed the concept of existence and non-existence, truth and falsehood, and therefore he can't reject a truth statement because everything has become gray and invalid. So you can't mm -hmm. say anything whatsoever if you destroy the concept of true and false. So that would be my sort of response to that. Ah, so if you destroy the idea of existence, if you don't destroy the idea of senses, then you can't say that something that's nonsensical can exist because your senses are false, right? Is that what you mean? But if someone, look, if someone says to me that my senses are false, how are they communicating that to me? Mm -hmm. They're using well, my they're, senses. They're not, they're he's not saying my senses they, false. He, he's saying more than my senses. But but how would he perceive more than the senses? Oh, he's because let's say because the idea of what he's saying is that I'm limited, right? I can't perceive a high because I can only see you know two plus two, let's say, right? But he says I know as long as I know that I'm a limited being, I can know there's probably a higher uh, method or uh, something where. Two plus two is five, or where there are square circles, and I just can't understand that. And then he says, since it's unlimited, it can come into limitation. That's what he tries to say. But is he and saying this? Limited right, now. right. So, so that's fine. So, if he's proposing that there is another standard of truth other than reason and evidence, then how is he going to do that? Right? How is he going to propose? that there's another standard of truth than reason and evidence. Is he just going to assert it? Well, that's just an opinion. That's just bigotry, right? So you can't just say there's another standard of truth and evidence. Uh, there's another standard other than truth and evidence. Because if you just say it, you're just asserting something uh, that's empty. I might just as well say uh, a round circle is a pink uniform, unicorn, mm -hmm. right? It just, it's a nonsensical yeah. statement. So if he's going to say there is a higher standard of truth than reason and evidence, he can't just assert it. He needs to prove it. Mm -hmm. But the moment he tries to prove that there's a higher standard of truth than reason and evidence, he's going to need to use reason and evidence, which confirms the thesis that he is trying to destroy. Mm -hmm. There's simply okay. no way to get around it. There's only two ways human beings can assert something. Opinion, reason, and evidence. That's, there's the only two ways. Okay. And if he's going to just assert it, then it's just a, an empty, stupid statement, and who cares? So you, anyone can okay. say anything. I can say I think Mount Everest is a giant ostrich masquerading as a rock. I mean, right. <laughs> anyone can say anything. But if he's going to say I have proof that there's a higher standard than proof, then that doesn't make any sense. That's like using mathematics to disprove mathematics. It doesn't work, right? So fundamentally, right. there's no way out of that. Well, what he's doing is he's just limiting me. He's saying, you're human, you're limited. So instead, of, instead of just making a preposterous statement, he just kind of says, you don't know anything, and I don't, you know, he's like, we're, we're kind of we're limited, and there could be things more than you know. And then he, then he says, since he's No, 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 sorry, sorry, limited. sorry. No, but this is, this is where you need to stop him, right? So mm -hmm. when he says there could be more things 
then you know, oh, mm -hmm. of course it's true. Of course, nobody imagines okay. that you or I or anyone has the full and total tum sum of conceivable knowledge within the universe. Of course, okay. there's okay. more things than we can know. The question is, how are we going to know them? Right? Because what people do is they'll say, well, there's more things that you can know. And therefore, God might exist, and therefore, to say that God does not exist is trying to prove a negative and blah, blah, blah. But mm -hmm. the question is not, how much do we know? That's, that we, all, we all understand that, that what we know is tiny compared to what there is to know. The right. question is not, how much do we know? The question is, how do we know? What is okay. the standard of knowledge? Not what is, is known, but how things are known. That's epistemology, right? reason how and evidence. Know? So yeah. Well, it's either reason and evidence or it's just some blanket dumbass assertion. I'm not calling him a dumbass. I'm just saying of that to, to think that just stating something proves anything is, is childish and it's embarrassing, okay. right? So, so let's say reason and evidence. What happens then? I'm sorry? If he says reason and evidence, what then? Well, if reason and evidence, uh, then we, we accept reason and evidence uh, is ways of identifying the laws of logic, like right? non-contradiction, identity, and so on. And what that okay. means is that something cannot be itself and its opposite at the same time. So, for instance, if gravity is an effect of matter, mm -hmm. then you can't have gravity without matter. Right. Right? I mean, that would be like saying if a shadow is, you know, a dark spot that's in the, the trailing end of something facing the light, then you can't have a shadow without the object blocking the light, because the shadow is an effect of the object blocking a light, right? We, right. we understand that. Right. Now, consciousness is an effect of physical matter. Right. And so you can't have consciousness without physical matter, any more than you can have a shadow without something blocking the light. Right. So if consciousness is an effect of physical matter, then any form of consciousness is subject to the laws of reality. Right. Because it's, it's matter, right? Right. So if all consciousness is subject to the laws of matter and logic, right. then any God that is perceived to exist, and God mm -hmm. is, by God is always meant some form of consciousness, then that right. consciousness must be an effect of matter, and therefore God will be detectable in some manner. That's only when he comes into reality, right? Whenever he comes into reality, he's going to have to use matter. Because he, if he's going to join in our existence, if he's going to be able to be proven in evidence, even at one point, at that point, he had to be able to be subject to the laws of matter, right? Of, of reality. Right. And if someone, sorry, if someone says that, that something exists outside of reality, then they're using language in a completely ridiculous way. Because right. outside of reality is exactly the same as non-existence. Okay. It means it can, something outside of reality is something that cannot be detected or reasoned about or perceived in any conceivable manner. And that yeah. is exactly the same as non-existence. So when they say something exists outside of reality, what they're saying is something exists which doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, that's a contradiction, right? Right. Okay. Now, what if, what if they say, like, a God came in, let's say, it revealed itself at Sinai or something like that, and then it went away and went back into its hiding place or whatever. It just kind of told us what it wants from us, and then it hid away again. And since it's unlimited, it can do anything, including limit itself. 
Uh, so, so, sorry, let me just make sure I understand the argument. So the argument is that God came down with the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai. Right, and he went back to his hiding place in his non-existent place. And then he vanished again, right? Right. Well, how do we know? Well, because of proof and evidence, of course, you know, because no, but what the is, people what is the that were at the mountain... Sorry, what is the proof and evidence that God came down 2,000 years ago, or 3,000 or whatever, right? Oh, of course, because usually, like, many people, they say something happened, it's like three people saw it, whatever. Uh, according to Judaism, there's like three million people at the mountain which passed it down to their children's children, and it's the same thing no, no, in the entire world. Hearsay from 5,000 years ago is not evidence, right? Okay. But they try and prove it. Because, look, sorry, that. if hearsay from 5,000 years ago is evidence, then it's evidence for everything. And that means, because 5,000 years ago, everybody believed the world was flat and the sun went around the earth, right? Which is clearly false. But that's what okay. they believed. Okay. And, and every, every human society 5,000 years ago had a fundamentalist, bizarre religion, which means okay. that they all have to be true, right? So some people believe that God came down and handed stuff to Moses. Other mm -hmm. people believe that it wasn't God, but that was in fact a devil. And other people believe that it wasn't true at all. And okay. that's why hearsay can't be evidence, because hearsay contradicts itself, right? And that's why you okay. need direct, perceivable reason and evidence. Okay. Right. Well, well, so then he goes into the whole thing of, oh, you think you're smarter than all of them. Like, he's saying that there's so, such amazing, smart people, and da-da-da-da-da, and so you're saying that you want to just completely throw it all away because it's not logical or evidence enough for you, and, and you know, you're being arrogant then. He throws the arrogant at me. Well, no, but it's, it's, not an, it's not a question of intelligence. It's a question of knowledge. Okay. Right? I mean, so, so am I smarter than the most brilliant surgeon of the 18th century because I know that you have to wash your hands. Mm -hmm. Well, if I, I am smarter in that you do have to wash your hands and they didn't know that back then. Mm -hmm. Am I smarter than Hippocrates because I know that the blood circulates in the body and doesn't just sit there like a, a water-filled balloon? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not smarter than I just have more knowledge. Just as people in the future will have more knowledge. It doesn't mean that they're smarter than us. It just means that more knowledge has been accumulated, right? Okay. And also, um, people have tried to throw away the idea that people, let's say, die for a value or something like that. They say, well, people died for, you know, believing in paganism and stuff like that. That doesn't make it right. Is that, is that the way you answer about that, too? Like, if people yeah, died for it, they say, well, thousands of people have died for this, and you're just going to throw it away, you know, type of thing. Well, I mean, first of all, a whole bunch of Nazis died for their philosophy, too. Does that mean that we should all be Nazis? Does that mean Nazism is good? What about those guys who cut their own balls off to go join the comet a couple of years ago that was flying through the solar system? Does that mean that their society is valid? And if you live in America, you can ask the fellow, well, does that mean that you're now going to become a Muslim because a bunch of hijackers flew planes into buildings and died for their beliefs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically saying you have to subject everything to not to, to basically evidence and stuff, and, and that's what you base everything on. And, and anything outside of that is non-existent. You mean a non-functional, I think you used the word functionally non-existent. I, I like that, because you're not saying that, let's say, if you don't know about x-rays yet, it doesn't exist. You're just saying it's functionally non-existent, and as soon as it kind of we can prove it and stuff, that's when we're going to know it exists. So then, what do we care if it's there? It could be anything. It could be Santa or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, something cannot be both a soap bubble mm -hmm. and an antelope at the same time. 
Right. I, I know that for a fact. Now, there may be uh, antelopes that live underwater that have gills. I mean, obviously, that's out. <laughs> it's not very probable, but it's possible right. because right. that doesn't contradict the laws of existence or of reality. But there's right. no way that something can be a soap bubble and an antelope at the same time. And, and people have to be like, if you're debating with someone, mm-hmm. that person has to grant that basic reality. I mean, because if they don't, mm-hmm. then they're epistemologically insane. It means that they have no way of differentiating between truth and falsehood. They have no standard of truth or knowledge. And mm-hmm. everything is just crazy assertion. And, and I, I genuinely think that in the future, this will be classified as a mental illness. But right now, it's <laughs> unfortunately, it's all too common. But in the future, if, if someone... If you were to ask someone, can something be both a soap bubble and an antelope at the same time, and they said, yes, damn it, because Jesus told me so, right. that would be a sign of mental illness. That person would need some significant mental health treatment. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who believes that is insane, because right. most people uh, most people um, judge the quality of their beliefs by the surrounding agreement rather than mm-hmm. any sort of objective facts and evidence. But as yeah. philosophy begins to take hold, this kind of thinking will be viewed as uh, extremely uh, bizarre and something right. that needs to be treated, not with philosophy, but with probably, I would say, a good rousing course of therapy. Right. Well, back to this. This is exactly my point. My grandpa is basically saying um, a square circle exists, and you can't disprove that because you're a limited human being. And you know that there are so many things in the universe that you don't know about, and you, based on your kind of, let's say, a blindness or whatever, let's say you don't have that faculty, you think that only the only things that can exist are circles or squares, and you don't understand the idea of a circle square existing. But it's just above right. your knowledge, you're limited. Right. But see, what I would say to that is, is, first of all, I would just say that that's just not a good argument. Because there's no such thing as a square circle. I mean, that is a kind of self-evident thing that people are going to either admit or they're not. Now, if they're not going to admit it, then, you see, for a square circle to to exist, then something can be both itself and its opposite, or at least something completely unrelated at the same time. Exactly. And I can't prove it for or against it. But for that to be valid, see, when somebody's using language... When somebody's using words and a logical argument, right? Mm-hmm. See, he's using a logical argument to say there's no such thing as logic. Right. I mean, that just it, the whole thing does. Forget about the details in the square circle. It, the whole form is saying, because of your limited, if this, then that, right? Because of this, this follows. So because of your limited perspective, you cannot make a true-false statement with any certainty. But that Correct. itself is making, that's making a true-false statement with complete certainty. The the whole form of the argument contradicts its content, right? So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing that I would say is that if a square circle can exist and something can be itself and its opposite at the same time, then Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume that every word that you you say means the opposite of what it says and you're actually agreeing with me. Okay. Okay. Basically, we can't have this argument. This argument is above our intelligence, too, because this is Well, yeah, if, if somebody's using language, then what they're doing is they're saying words have a precise meaning, and they can't mean themselves and the opposite at the same time. So when I say, I agree with you, that doesn't mean that I disagree with you. I mean, that's a basic tenet or accepted mm-hmm. convention of arguing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you're a three-year-old and someone says, I disagree with you, 
you can say, well, words are opposite. That means you agree with me, na-na-na-na-boo-boo, <laughs> right? I mean, right, we right. understand that's a very childish argument, right? To just redefine what someone is saying as its opposite and then say, well, so you agree with me and everything's hunky-dory, tickety-boo, I won, right? Okay. I mean, that would be... That would be crazy. That's like getting knocked out by Mike Tyson and saying the first guy to hit the floor wins the heavyweight championship. I win, <laughs> right? right? As you sort of spit okay. out your teeth, right? Okay. So if something, if something can be itself and the opposite at the same time, like a square circle, mm -hmm. then when right. someone says to me, you know, God exists, then I'll I'll say, well, then I'm just gonna uh, since something can be itself and the opposite at the same time, I'll just choose the opposite of what you said, and that's what you're saying, and therefore we agree. <laughs> Okay. Now, one more thing. Um, based on this argument, he, he's saying also another part is, let's say we do say there is reason and evidence. He's going to say, well, there was reason and evidence, but it just happened, let's say, 5,000 years ago. So you, I, I can't prove it to you right now because, let's say, he revealed himself then, and people actually saw it, and there was evidence and all that stuff, but it just he's not doing that right now. He did it once. Let's say um, that guy that saw that, um, you know, that, that uh, let's say you see a planet far away, and it comes around the Earth like every 3,000 years, and a guy 3,000 years ago saw that and kind of wrote it down and proved it or whatever it is. But yeah, like a comet, down. right? They saw a comet in the ancient world. It hasn't been back since. We can't say the comet doesn't exist, right? Correct, exactly. Right. So he's using evidence and reason and stuff, and he's just saying... No, 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 sorry. Try. We talked about this, sorry to interrupt. We talked about this already. Hearsay from 5,000 years ago is not evidence. What? Okay, okay. So you can, can never use that, ever. Interesting. Well, no, you know, he... Like a mathematical argument, for like Euclidean geometry from what is it, twenty five hundred years ago, uh, yes. that's valid, right? Because that's a reasoned argument. But what a bunch of people may or may not have seen during mm -hmm. a time when everybody was fundamentally insane, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, okay. And when they had no science, when there was no way of physically recording uh, anything. And the other thing that I think is really important is that. Mm -hmm. If we're going to say that some incredibly advanced intelligence contacted people 5,000 years ago and they wrote it down, okay. then I would accept that a very in, a vastly superior intelligence did contact people 5,000 years ago if they wrote down something that they could not possibly have known at the time. Okay. Right? Like if they wrote down E equals MC squared and, and they wrote down the proofs of the theory of relativity, or they wrote down some proofs of, of Schrodinger's qu cat quantum physics equations or whatever, right? Yeah. And they, they basically had no idea what they were writing. It was just a whole bunch of symbols to them. It might as well have been you and I transcribing chi Chinese or something, right? Yeah. So if, if they had written down something that they could not possibly have known at the time, mm -hmm. then that would be evidence. It wouldn't be certain proof, but it would be significant evidence towards the fact that uh, some superior intelligence, and it would most likely would have been uh, an alien race rather than gods, right? But it would have seemed like, yeah. as Arthur C. Clarke yeah. said, right, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable yeah. from magic. Yeah. But the reality is that of all, 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 I tell you, all of the religious writings that have ever been written down throughout history that all claim to be channeled from a universal omniscience, Mm -hmm. Not one scrap of one sentence on any page of these millions of pages of religious texts, not one scrap of information is a fact that was not commonly available to any reasonably literate person of the day.
And that's how you know it's not any superior intelligence because a superior intelligence would give people things beyond their knowledge, obviously, right? I mean, if you and I went back to the Stone Age, <laughs> right, uh, and or just you know back to ancient Egypt, you know, we would have probably about a million things to tell them that they didn't know at the time, right. like about electricity, about the, the, the movement of the blood in, in the body, that the heart is the center of the, the, the sort of blood pumping and that the brain is the center of reason, um, that the movement of the planets, you know, quantum physics, computers, monorail, I mean, you could go on and on, right? But we would have all of these amazing things to tell them. And you and I are not, I, I'm certainly not any kind of scientist or psychologist. I'm just a guy who's interested in, in certain topics, right? But, but we would have about a million things to tell them. And that's just going back 5,000 years with our limited human intelligence talking to their limited human intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. And so this would be infinitely greater if a God who is all-knowing came to people a couple of thousand years ago. It would be infinitely superior in terms of the knowledge that could be transmitted. It would be infinitely superior to what you and I could bring back to ancient Egypt if we had a time machine today. And yet not one scrap, and I know there are going to be some Muslims who write to me and say, but the allegories in the Koran <laughs> seem to indicate some foreknowledge of quantum physics. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can interpret anything. I'm not talking about interpretations. I'm talking about actual facts. Like yeah. you and I would not go back and say E equals MC squared as some sort of Aesopian allegory. <laughs> we would just say E equals MC squared, right? Because <laughs> we'd know what that is. Uh, energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. I think that's how it goes, right? So... So the reality is that there's not one scrap of information in any of these superstitious texts that is not easily available to anybody with any literacy skills. And of course, you'd have to be literate to write it down. And that is complete proof that no superior intelligence visited. Mm -hmm. Well, what if they start bringing stuff? You said allegories, you said, but, um, you know, that prophets and this and that, and they're telling you about, you know, these future times and this is going to happen, that's going to happen, let's say it like that. So, I mean, they're going to start bringing all these types of proof, like, you know, oh, we'll get... No, I'm sorry, that doesn't work either, because, I mean, this is the Nostradamus thing, right? First of all, if you make enough predictions, a few of them are going to come true. But if you and well, I went back to ancient Egypt, again, even with just a layperson's knowledge of history, yeah. you know, we would be able to say, you know, that at this time, some carpenter's going to be born who, after he gets nailed up, is going to be utilized all over the place for a bunch of superstitious nonsense. <laughs> we are going yeah, to be able to say... We get these types of oh, people say, you know, in, um, in 1066, the French uh, invade England. Uh, in 1914, uh, Europe goes to war. And again in 1939. And like we would have, even with a layperson's knowledge of history, we mm -hmm. would have about a thousand specific facts to give them. Not weird allegories like <laughs> a mustachio's dragon shall arise from the Austrian, whatever, right? I mean, <laughs> oh, it's Hitler, <laughs> right? Or something, right? We, we right. would just give them the basic facts, right? And yet all of these allegories, of course, can be interpreted to mean anything. So there's, not a, there's, no, there's no fact, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No, these were great, great questions. And um, uh, I really do appreciate you bringing them up. All the best. Okay, thanks so much for that. All right.